now coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my wonderful co-host. We've got the one and only Dr. Shamu. Hello, hello. And we've got the wonderful Shark Finnegan. Hello! Happy New Year's to everyone, and welcome to the Puckle Podcast. Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name we came up with in 2007. We talk everything here, Pokemon, from the trading card game to the video game to everything in between. We just came off our week hiatus due to the holidays, and I'm more than happy to be back. I am, I'm actually pretty pumped. This has been like one of the more restful vacations I've ever taken <laughs> in terms of mm-hmm. both like Puckle work. I don't, th- I don't actually remember the last time. I took vacation from my, you know, real job and then uh, also took a vacation from Puckle <laughs> and <laughs> because like that did happen. They both coincided this year because of the holidays mm-hmm. and I, I have no idea. Like I this is the most rested I've ever been as a person. And it's insane because like usually I have to stretch for like the what have you been doing in Pokemon stuff recently? And like it's usually just like one thing I've been futzing around with, but I've been doing like a ton of things. It, it's just well, we've got one thing. We, we'll, well, the t- title of the episode tells us one thing that's been well, yeah, yeah, no, this no. one big giant thing. That's a whole topic and a half. Yeah, that's yeah. that's very true. I mean, yeah, we we did do the regional, which was very fun, which we'll talk about later. But I mean, outside of that, yeah. like I I mean, just like the last week since like the holidays, I I have gone. I've I've played. I mean, I've been keeping up with the TCG and just like practicing. I bought some cards to build uh, a couple new decks. Now that the regional's over, I can just play around with different decks. Um, because I don't plan on going to an event until like the end of March or something like that now. <laughs> uh, and so I can just kind of futz around with different decks, have some fun with it and go to locals and just go beat up on people with stupid decks. But on top of that, I also have just like, I I've been playing VGC and getting into that on cart, which has been a lot of fun. Actually, uh, this meta makes no sense to me still. And, yeah, yeah. I, part of me wants to, but part of me is also like I can't really wrap my head around it, and I just don't know. if It it's is like, difficult right now. I think it, it. I I don't know if it's because things it haven't feels, settled or what, but it it's, feels fun because you can do whatever you want. But also, at the same time, I don't like that I can do whatever I want because it feels like that's not the correct way to. That's not the most optimal thing, or even like close to a like a good way to play in a way. I don't like, even yeah, know if there's fun. anything optimal. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. And that's like that's nice. And I'm not saying it's like a bad thing. It's, it's kind of nice. That means you have a lot of freedom, a lot of creativity, and stuff. But like, I it just it's hard to like make something because then you just make something completely bad against random teams, and it just feels bad when it's like it might be actually a good team, but you just die to all the random stuff that exists out there. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and I, it's just like it just, just, it's one of those things that it can just feel so bad and crushing. Yeah. I mean, it may be good just to try it on Showdown Ladder, just to try out if you're really wanting to experiment with something fun and different, oh, yeah. and then... There's ways to explore oh, yeah. stuff out. Before oh, yeah. you go commit resources. I mean, rental so. teams are also out there, which is making it kind of uh, pretty accessible, uh, which makes it pretty accessible. I, I don't know, I just had a lot of fun with it. Um, I, I mean, I in a world where Ferrigiraffe is like probably like a C-tier pick, 
which means it's it's definitely viable in niche situations. I really like it because I think it's uh I think for a giraffe is the best way to prevent trick room in the game right now or like in the meta, yeah. which is kind of insane. Oh, with it all yeah. with the armor tail, it prevent like it stops no, priority. No, uh, so no. So what it is is what's, that what's so well. So what happens is like your number one taunt user is Murkrow right now, right? Um, and so the problem, because it gets prankster taunt and you've got Grimmsnarl doing similar things occasionally. Oh, Uh, so you're just using it to stop the taunt on as like, so, so the, so one of the best trick room users in the game right now is Ndidi, a female, which is setting psychic terrain as it comes out. And when it sets the psychic terrain, you can't taunt it with prankster, uh, Mm. which prevents you from being able to stop the trick room that way. But you can do it with, uh, Frigiraf. Because is that how is that how it's pronounced for refrigerator? It's so close to refrigerator. Yeah, um, yeah it's pretty much yeah. And, and it's like a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, uh, but refrigerator. Uh, it also gets access to trick room, but it's actually pretty fast. Um, and it gets imprisoned, which is a move that nobody ever uses. So oh, so you have to beat it with both yeah, of those, you and you just lock the trick room. Yeah, you just lock trick room okay. out out of being used. I was I was more curious. Are you, you going to do a trick room on top of the trick room to like reverse? You it, could do that. People used to, to do that. Stop. That that like, was yeah. works either way. And you like, could and yeah, this is a little bulkier answer to things like back in uh, back in early Sword and Shield. You had yeah. Chandelure and Gengar with Focus Sash to do that imprisoned trick room shenanigan. But yeah. I think Frigiraf is actually, it's honestly like a little, like it's a fun pick just to kind of lock down Trick it's, Room. It's also room a little bit better. Armor Rouge and Indeed is a big threat in the it meta. Is, yeah. It's something you have to at least yes. be cognizant of. A lot of people are using Indeed, I'm very aware. <laughs> Indeed does Indeed things. It's just not, I mean, it's good, yeah. but not as good as yeah. like, or like as like d- dominant, like. Where you really had to have an indeed a follow me user in the format, you don't. But yeah. it's if the if you need one, it's a very good one. Honestly, even just looking at Frigiraf, it's just like it's kind of scary. Oh, and it's like, not it's not terrible. HP, one hundred ten special attack is it's, it's kind not a, of a it's not a terrible Pokemon on top of that. Like that's why no, that's why I think it's exciting the, because you oh, can do, yeah, you can no. do more than just the imprisoned trick room shenanigans because you can get stab psychic out of it and you can run terra blast with some terra type of your choice not even that um, it's good utility it gets helping hand too you yeah. can do like the helping hand others stuff like i wouldn't use i mean gets, yeah but you could you don't it, ha- i'm saying you can you don't have to you if you're gonna exactly go full support i think you could probably do something different instead of for oh, probably but, but i'm it, just i'm just looking at this move pool and like i just whenever i look at a move pool i go what are the notable things and that was one of them i saw was just like helping hand for vgc but mm-hmm. yeah, got the, mother, got the mother fun little thing like power swap guard swap you might be able to mess around with. But. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, other fringe thing. So I've been doing a lot of things on my off time. It's been kind of insane. Uh, but the other thing I did is I started playing Pokemon Crystal again, just for fun. Hey! Because it's been uh, because like I'm doing that living Dex thing like very slowly. I haven't even finished the Gen One yet. One yet. I, I've got a few things left to do. But the uh, the Gen Two one. I wanted to get a start on it and just play it, and so I decided to pick up Crystal because you can get it's the only game outside of Scarlet and Violet, I think, where you can get early game fan fee, fan p, fan p. I should say that correctly. Yeah, that um, would be so, yeah. right, and that that is sure. solely what the decision is based on. Is early game yeah, fan? What games can you actually even get fan fee in anymore? Like, not, as 
Because I don't think I've ever really used one. I think I looked this up. I think I looked this up recently. Um, I'm looking into it right now myself, actually. I'm curious. Uh, I looked this up. I don't think it's been accessible in a game. Well, it wasn't in Gen 8. It, it didn't exist in Gen 8 outside of uh, nope. Diamond and Pearl. No, nope. uh, we missed it. And we missed it so much, we gave it three forms. Um, I also don't think it made it into Alola, so it wasn't in Gen 7. Um, and then Gen 6, I think it only existed in Oraz, which is a remake, and the only way to get it in that no, is it was in Safari um, Zone, I think. It wasn't, uh, X and Y had it front Safari. Yeah, that doesn't so it was really, definitely that, post-game. Yeah, it was that half counts. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't. I don't think it. Counts. And it's a uh, swarm. It's a swarm back in Diamond and Pearl. No, yep. the only way tr- to really get it was um. Look, I don't. Gen five had a trade in Mbasa, but that's definitely not early. No, that's like, a late game thing. There's a swarm. Yeah, exactly. Late, that's, yeah, early no, ga- this early is the game. only game you could really in game really ladder Safari Zone and Ruby early, Sapphire. Early game wow. fan feed only exists in Crystal and Scarlet and Violet. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the answer. That's the answer right yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's uh, it's nuts. It's nuts. But yeah, that, they, these are these are the fun little things that I've been playing with. And I mean, I've mm-hmm. done a lot. I was really surprised. I was just like, man, I've just like picked it up when there's no stress to just play around and do all the different things. But uh, have you guys been up to anything cool in the past couple of weeks? I mean, I saw you guys a couple uh, weeks ago, but yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't think it's been anything other than just, uh, Arlington. Nothing. I think everything I've been doing lately has been, uh, not Pokemon related. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I've been sure? helping coordinating a lot for the, because currently this weekend is the first run of the Cinderace. That's true. Battle, and that, oh, did, that literally did dropped that yesterday, night. so yeah. I was coordinating out, trying to get everyone at least as prepared as we could. And I need we, to do that. We were able to get it, knock it out pretty quickly and efficiently. We figured out a couple of good strategies oh, for that. Yeah, tell me, bro. It's got to be slow, very right? simple. Like it's going to be slow, thing bro. To, yeah. You should like, send me the set. Slow, bro, and I would say Armourouge are my two personal picks for this. Spothra can work in a team setup, but that's about it. Can Although, you send you me? You can't solo with Spothra. Can you send me the sets for this uh, so I can get it? Uh, I, have I haven't pin, done this. I have yet. something pinned out in uh, trading raids. Oh, yeah, perfect! Even better! Even better! Yeah, uh, come to the Discord. We can tell it as we are working through and evolving this stuff. I'm here I've been for trying. It. There's one Pokemon I want to use for this. I'll say this, uh, which is Bruxish, just as like a support. Yeah. But I've yet to get it to work online, and that's my problem because everyone's dumb online. But. I'm here I want it. it to work because it's the only like one of like two Pokemon that get reflect mm-hmm. and chilling water and resist fire and uh uh firefighting. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. Like the way to go is special though. There's no physical is just too rough because it, it yeah. bulks up at the very beginning of the fight and then it bulks up multiple times later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the way to go is just special. Yeah, no, go special. That's one thing I think doing a little bit of a test. Preferably using chili water to just yeah, you just you just ban chili water to, to like. Well, yeah. The good news is we've talked about this before uh, after the event's already over. So, but they, if oh, in the news we'll talk twice. about this, yeah, they run are they, it twice. Are they running it twice? When's the next one? Uh, uh, it'll be uh, should, two weeks from okay. this weekend. Okay, should, should we head over to the news to uh, talk about this? Yeah, that's because a good segue. It is that's a good segue. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's go to the news. Let's cue that epic music.
Radio Tower. This just in. Welcome to the news. We've got a few things to talk about, and I'll let you uh, start it off, Shannon, because there's no general news to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been pretty dead overall. But, um, but yeah, no, as we were kind of talking about before, the Cinderace raid is going on, or was going on. It ended the, essentially the day you're hearing this, probably like the last day, or it's already ended by now. Um, mm-hmm. But it will come back the 13th through the 15th of January. So there'll be a second time, just like the Charizard, doing two runs of these. I hope they keep these up, and they're like every two weeks we just get something. Like I, I just hope this. Keeps it's gonna going. happen. They, they've just kind of revealed what they're doing with the Cinderace. Because now I, they're gonna they do Charizard. So. They're gonna do Cinderace, Sobble, Grookey. That's what they're like next. I would say their next like two are are the other two starters, which is nice. I personally, I'm glad that we can catch the starters in a different ball now. That's true. Oh, yeah. That that helps me for my collections. Yeah, I know. Absolutely, I know. I know uh, there's several people on our Discord that are like, we're coordinating out who's getting what, so that way they can breed and start trading those. I know I got mine in a premiere because that's just yeah. that's the ball I like. Totally. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this one is actually harder than the Charizard. You can't just, yeah. uh, like, there are solo strats, and Sigma did make a uh, a video on it that will probably be live by the time you're hearing this. We'll see. If not, come on the Discord and we can share that with y'all. Yeah, it should, yeah. It should be live by the time that shows up. It's a recording on a Friday. It should be up. I actually really enjoy this though, and how hard they're making them. Like this is this is what I, this is what I wanted in, in Sword and Shield. This is what I wanted. I'm I'm a little happy, a little upset, but I'm like, you know what? This is what people wanted. This is kind of what I wanted. Something actually a challenge, so I'll accept it. No, I so, like I, I wanted something soloable, but I'm like, and it, it is just like I just don't have the patience to sit there for like 20 minutes with a slow bro. What I really like having is that you do have like you can make raid mons. Like, mods are specific to, like, helping you beat these. And it's... Yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. Which is so cool uh, as, like, a third avenue to enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. Like, and build competitive Pokemon, right? Like, we might be, not have OU, but, like, we're on, on cart because of the timer issue. But we can definitely go ahead and have another way, reason to go build a competitive Pokemon outside of VGC. And I, I really, mm-hmm. really like having this. I, I don't know. Like, this brought me so much joy. Because I can just have a box full of Pokemon, one at a time, too. You don't have to do a whole team. It's one Pokemon, typically, that you need to make. And I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't get enough of it. Moving on from Cinderace, uh, we got the announcement since VGC is coming back for regionals that VGC is only going to require, I'm going to say only because TCG is at 500 points, uh, requires 300 points for Masters in the U.S. to go to Worlds, uh, which is insane because they have the same point distribution as TCG in terms of who gets to go and uh, who's playing. And if you already look at like the half a season or less than half a season, I would say that TCG has had for this current, uh, this current season. Um, there are so many players that are already at 300 points. I think there's something like 16 or some play in TCG. Uh, it's just an incredibly low bar. Yeah. It's like, it's very, very low sure right now. I think we were looking at that for like, Definitely, you're definitely going to want to have less numbers than what you had for Worlds this past year, just because that one had a lot of backlog. Mm-hmm. But still, you want to get about a hundred or so into. Yeah, the it was insane. 500 threshold is not is going to maybe get you like thirty to fifty. Well, it doesn't help that there's no locals right now either, especially for TCG. Yeah, that's a um, big one. Because if you don't have yeah. locals, you can't go pick up a bunch of these championship points. Because like every three months, you had like the opportunity to get something so points from just going to lo- and that no longer in uh, it because the way they which is dumb. Yeah, VGD is like yeah, win a regional, cool. For TCG now, you have to win like two regionals or just do really well in a lot of the tournaments. 
I think the biggest uh, issue is uh, Piper Lapine. Is that how you say? But Piper, so. but Piper won two. She has attended two regionals so far. She has won both of them. She is a very good TCG player. And she's not even able to she, go to Worlds. Yeah, she's not she qualified for Worlds. Yeah, she's not yeah. qualified for Worlds because that's only 400 points and you need 500 to go, which is insane. I do kind of wish the regional wins were a bit more, but I get why they're also not. like. It, I, I, I think at minimum, they either should drop drop it to 400. So if you win both, you can go. Um, yeah. Or or you increase the payout to 250. Yeah, they need to, I think they need to rebalance this points. And I think they were all, there's also like a, tweet or something no there was a, a tweet when they when they announced the vgc is going that to they're going to look into the tcg points. point requirement yep. yeah i think 500 a fine number in a way but not with the current payouts you know yeah like 300 for vg with like half with half the regionals already kind of being you've lost half the events you can get video game points for essentially you know you win one you do well in the rest you're fine i think somewhat uh all right well let's move on we got pokemon unite some minor news there yep uh dragapult is live i have not played it at all but i know it's live now um i think the whole gimmick is that it has a unite move that is fast recharge but doesn't hit as hard it's like a weird um from what i've heard people saying in the discord it's just like it it's stronger than a normal move weaker than unite but you use it more you get to use it more often than a unite move Mm. So it's like one of those kind of just to be able to just get consistent, just a, like a little boost of damage, but not like too much that it's like like other units. Last, I think it's an all rounder, but I could be wrong. I would imagine no, it's an attack, no ranged uh, attacker. Okay, my bad. Cool, cool. So yeah, yeah. makes sense. It's ranged. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to Pokemon Go. Everybody's favorite. So go ahead, uh, Shark. Kick us off. All right. So we've got a New Year's event going on starting on New Year's Eve, running through the fourth. From 8 to 8 p.m. local time. Um, Pikachu has a new top hat. The Hoot Hoot from last year with the nice uh, golden uh, top hat can evolve now into Noctowl, which is a decent mon for the Go regional stuff. So that would be a worthwhile try to pick up. If you can get a good one, then you can just flex on people as you beat them down with Noctowl with the top hat. So that's fun. You also have uh, half egg distance during this event as well. And then they've increased the poka the postcard storage to 350. So that means it's a lot easier oh. to kind of just pin. So you have a little more storage to pin and actually some of the stuff you're trying to get the pavilion. At least makes it so you don't have to completely clean that out every, like, so often. I probably should start to do that myself soon, but <laughs> I haven't had to yet, so we'll see. All right. Also, Chespin Community Day is coming this week on January 7th from 2 to 5 o'clock local time with two times candy and a quarter egg distance, which is kind of exciting because the next round of is finally. Mm, finally, yeah. We hopefully maybe get a little one back after. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go to the TCG and we'll let you grab the first one, Shark. All right. So we've received confirmation that rotation will happen April 14th for the West. Uh, with rotation happening on TCG Live March 30th, which is the same day as the Scarlet Violets. Exactly. Uh, fun. No more scoop up net. Thank God. Woo! Do <laughs> a deal with Shady Dealing with Scoop Up Net for three more months. So yay! Yeah. Yeah. Until next- it's reprinted. And yeah, the next tournament <laughs> I go to, uh, I hope to God they're not. I think. <laughs> I think honestly, Scoop Up Net is my least favorite card that ever came out of uh of pokemon right now like scoop up is causing so many issues but oh shamu it looks like there's some promos they, they, they 
they open a new giveaway for people in the US, the UK, and Canada. So if you sign up through the, if there's a, there's a sign up you can go to, to enter for, um, essentially it's the illustrator contest, the three winners of that that got made into cards. We have a chance to get those if you win the giveaway. And then when you, you'll get a code to use on Pokemon Center. And if you pay like, if you buy like $30 or more, you'll get the pack if have your promo code. Kind of like what they did with like the Charizard and the Bidoof and whatever in the past. It's just a new thing. Yeah, it's just like a giveaway for a code that can get you the promos. Cool, it's just, cool. Yeah, it's, I don't know how long it's going for. How'd I, yeah, I had to, I wish I had looked that up before I went and made my little purchase at the, cause, yeah, the little ASMR reason- thing they did, yeah. That was yeah. a weird thing. They did like a yeah. ASMR stream that if you watch for 15 minutes, you got a $10 off coupon. And it's like, what? Yeah, just flat out $10. I bought two sitting cuties, got free shipping, and only paid like $12. That's great. I love yeah, that. Yeah, like, just for sitting 15 minutes of ASMR, which is actually, it was just cute, and uh, it was cute little, like, Bulbasaur yeah, and Charmander. Yeah. It was like the Glimwood Tangle thing, but less detailed. I liked it. I saw it. I caught yeah. it. But it wasn't as boring to watch, I'll say that. No, yeah, it was much fair. better. Because Glimwood Tangle had nothing happen in it, except for the Glorian Ponytail run through for five seconds. Yeah. This one's like, oh, Bulbasaur's sleeping. Oh, Bulbasaur wakes up. Oh, yep. Bulbasaur saves Hot Pit. Oh, yep. Celebi shows up, and then Bulbasaur goes back to sleep. <laughs> All right. Well, let's end this segment by going over Puckle's Pokey prediction. Will the inevitable DLC add another Tauros variant? Do you think it would go green like the starters or go electric like the Johto legend? I do not think it will add another Tauros variant. I think the three we got was already too many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think we... I don't think we're going to get another four. No, I don't think we would I, do it. We already have three. We're not going to get a fourth. I, I don't, if, I, if, it was, if we had one, I could see a reason that we might get two more throughout the DLCs, but we got three already. Mm-hmm. It's the most pointless thing, too. I really just get... It's like, I'd rather have those as version exclusive than, than no normal fighting one, you know? I'd rather just have those two instead of the all three. All right. Well... With that, we're going to kick it on over to Puckle's Pokey Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-host on their insane Pokemon. Oh, hi, and welcome to the Pokey Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz our co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. I'm Mark from the Dunsparce Gang, here to explain the rules. Our fabulous co-hosts will work as a team to answer five Pokemon-themed trivia questions that fans have submitted on the Discord server. Each question is worth one point, with Pokedex and multiple answer questions worth more, for a total of seven points. The host can use a free hint at any time. If they get all the answers correct and do not use the hint, they can cash it in for an eighth point. Thank you for that introduction. We're going to jump right into it. Our first question this week is going to come from Sleeve. How many episodes to the nearest 100? So you're just going to round to 100. Are are there between Ash's Butterfree's physical appearances in the anime, as we know it's coming back uh, very soon in Pokemon Journeys? Yeah. So I will also give you a plus or minus 100 on this. <laughs> I so basically the question is how many episodes of the anime are that's a this is a really question exactly yes because Butterfree between Butterfree leaving and Butterfree returning what Butterfree leaving was still within the first hundred like at most like 30 yeah I think it's within the first hundred for sure 
So I think there's like 1,200 episodes. Uh, sounds, sounds a, I'm trying to think. Cause I, cause it's, cause it's either, cause I know we just literally crossed into a new 100 Mm. recently. From in this gala, I'm with okay the gala with twelve hundred. I don't know. It's I'm I don't know if it's, it's a, like eleven hundred to twelve or twelve yeah, to thirteen. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know exactly. I'm okay I with just twelve, say, and then we got round up, round down. It's fine, you know. Yeah, I'd cover that. Would cover the most bases, in my opinion. I think we're in in that ballpark now. So twelve twelve hundred is correct. Uh, right on the money. Uh, I don't think it's exactly right on the money, but it's right on the money. In terms of the answer, uh, <laughs> Bye Bye Butterfree was episode 21 of the Pokemon anime. Uh, and so right now we're on like episode 1200 and something. I don't even know what. Uh, I can't. T- I yeah, can't. We should you. be. I think we're honestly around 12. We're very close to it. So like it that. is it is very close to 1200 episodes, though, between appearances of Ash's uh, Butterfree. The Japan one is at 1226. Yes. Look at that, twelve hundred. You are uh, still under twelve hundred by like nine. Yeah, we are. Uh, we are. I believe the U.S. is something like nine months behind the Japanese anime currently, uh, which makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. All right. Well, you guys yeah. are one for one there. Our next question is going to come to you from Liger. Oh boy! What is the name of the evil team in Pokemon Masters EX? Oh, team Break. <laughs> Took me, yep. a, took me a minute, I, I had to compute for a second, and I'm like, there. <laughs> I knew there was going to be a master's question, I didn't think it was going to be this one. This, yeah, no, it's Team, team break. break. is correct. <laughs> they make it cl- pretty clear with their big B black and white upside down sideways B glasses. Exactly. I have never known this, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't you really don't. Know. I don't want to know. <laughs> you really don't. All right. Well, you guys are two for two. So your next question is your Pokedex entry question, as always. This one is going to come to you from Snackard. It's Pokemon Legends Arceus entry reads. During the season when Drift Ice approaches the shore, this Pokemon prefers living on the ice, where fewer predators lurk rather than the land. Its fur retains heat superbly and resists the harsh cold. Who's that Pokemon? I thought it was Bergmite until I heard fur. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, hold on. Yeah, I need to process this. I assume so. it's. I don't. I was gonna say this, I assume it's Cubchoo then, but that doesn't seem right. Like so. Repeat this the is entry from again? Pokemon Legends Arceus. During oh, the season oh, when okay, Drift that... Ice approaches the shore, this Pokemon, its name is in the entry, prefers living on the ice, where fewer predators lurk, rather than the land. Its fur retains heat superbly and resists harsh cold. I'm gonna go. It's called, if I had a, like my first instinct would probably be Celio. Oh, um, because there's a couple thoughts. Yeah, why, but I, I like that to me. Like it's like when you see it in the game, it's always on yeah. the shoreline. Yeah, I, I said Coach. I don't know and if it's Coach is in think. the game. I now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I don't even know if it's in there. I'm thinking, might be thinking of Scarlet and Violet. No, it should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like um, yeah, because it like uh. Cause what Piplup that line no, I could see uh, it being Celio. Cause also mentioning the predators thing, I could see that being part of the entry. Hmm. 
So I don't think it's feet. I mean, it I could think be feel feasible, would be a different I entry. I don't think it would be about uh like floating. I think it'd be about yeah, it being, being rolly, but yeah. yeah, being the cute ball that it is. Um, yeah, foreshadowing <laughs> the same thing. Um, <laughs> what other ice are? Uh, I can't think of any other ice types in there. I'm gonna need an answer just, here, guys. I'm okay with Delio. I think Felix is probably safe. Yeah, let's go I will give it to you. Uh, the answer is actually Sveal. Oh. Uh, okay. But it's hey, same evolution line, uh, so I'll, I'll give it to you. Uh, and we did, we did say, we did say hey, Sveal at the very Spiel. least. Yes. Uh, they, I acknowledge that it could easily have been Sveal. I just expected Sveal to be more uh, rounded. The, well, the second entry from Pokemon Sword says, This Pokemon's body is covered in blubber and impressively round. It's oh. faster for, for Sveal to, to roll around than to walk. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that gives you guys two points. So you guys are four for three. Your next question, you can get up to two points here. There are going to be. Uh, it looks like uh, uh, up to. Oh my gosh. Well, do you want an anime question or do you want a question about NPCs in Gen Two? Oh God. Those are. Uh, well, they're maybe not NPCs in Gen Two, but spawns in Gen Two. Oh. That's not better. I'm now even more curious about what All right, we're going with the Gen 2 one. This is going to be from the Once in Future Gamer. Um, There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven possible answers here. If you give me uh, two of them, I'll give you one point. If you give me four of them, I'll give you two points. Um, You do have three strikes and then you're out. Uh, If you get all seven, I guess you can give yourself as a pat on the back. Um... So this is what, like I said, from the Once in Future Gamer. In Generation 2, there are seven Pokemon who NPCs will call call about and tell you are spawning frequently in the game. Also, this is this is known as the swarming mechanic, and this was oh. the first time it was shown in oh, Pokemon. okay. Okay. So what were the seven swarms? What so are the seven Pokemon oh, that swarm? Seven Pokemon. Uh, Remoraid, Dunsparce. You need to lock uh, these in, by the way. Uh... <laughs> Quillfish, I'm those locking all three of those in. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't have had any idea. Um, like Snubble? Are you locking that in? That I'm is four. That gives in. you the maximum points that you can get here, which is two. Uh, there are three <sighs> okay. more. All right. Um, I'm trying one to think of what the three no, more were. Oh, I mean, I could just tell you. No. We could, and we could just all move I, on. I don't know. It's... I can't think of anything. I guess about uh, name would be I'm just trying to, like, I'm just going to give... Uh, no, 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 no. I'm trying to think what other random Pokemon. Uh, nope, that's from a tree. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you, so we're yeah, not sitting no. here. Yeah, go uh, ahead. The yeah. answers are Yanma, Taurus, yeah, no, and fine. Meryl. Uh, those, are the other, said, those are the other. Oh, Yanma, Yanma Meryl, Taurus, Meryl and Meryl. Yeah, those are the two. in the game, other than, like, that. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's that's basically what it is, is that they have, like, a 1% spawn or 2% spawn normally, and if you get them to actually call, it actually mm-hmm. increases for that short amount of time. So. All right. Well, you guys are so far at max points. You guys are at, I believe, six for four. Uh, you haven't used the hint yet. Your next question is your base stat question, as always. And this question, we're going to give it because it was cold outside. Now it's 60 degrees for some reason. Um, this is going to be from Zachary. <laughs> what fully evolved pseudo legendary has the highest base HP? Fully evolved pseudo. Yep. Fully evolved pseudo. Is it? Um, the new one. So it might be the new one because it's conveniently the only one I can think of that is also cold. 
Uh, it's not Dragapult. No, it could be Dragonite. It could. I think Dragonite's base be... 100. Yeah. So it's not, it's not High Dragon. Uh, Metagross. Uh, could... I don't think, I think Metagross has like Metagross. 90 or 100. Hydreigon definitely yeah. doesn't. Meta- oh, it doesn't? It's not Hydreigon. No, I might be just thinking the attacks has high. No, I don't think it does. It's like, or really close to 100, if I not think it is. I, I just think it's um, flat out as Max Caliber, because I think it's like 117. Yeah, I can believe it, because literally everything else is either at 100 or clearly not 100, yeah. like Dragapult. Because like Gudra might be there, but I think Gudra's still below 100. It's like 90 or 80. No, it's still below. It's the defenses it's are like def- are uh, crazy, but not uh, the actual HP, and that's what balances it. Exactly. Because um, okay, the so Dragonite, Titar, Metagross, Salamence, Garchomp, Garchomp, Garchomp is like one hundred seven, but I think Braxcalibur is still higher than I can think. Braxcalibur actually hits like one ten or something like that. Um, yeah. what's the other pseudo Legend of Gen four? Is there one or is it just Garchomp? My Okay, just, I'm like just Garchomp. It's one of those things with the one, but like that's the one pseudo legendary that's like in the middle of the deck. So I'm like, is that it? <laughs> like, um, Gen no, no. five had Hydreigon, which isn't. We have Gen six, which has yeah. Gudra, which isn't. Gudra. Seven has Gen seven. Yeah, that doesn't. Gen eight is Dragapult. Yeah, no, it's close, but yeah. again, it's a lot of. It's almost a hundred. Uh, it's not. So, I got Bax Caliber, and not just because it's an ice type. Yeah. Uh, Bax Caliber is Final correct uh, with a base HP of 115. Nice <laughs> uh, and Guardchomp is a base 108 in second place. Tyranitar with 100 and Salamance with 95. Uh, when you go to that trivia bar that asks Pokemon base stat questions. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we should just so make it. So that gives you guys the full eight <laughs> points. Point. The full eight Woo, points coming right to one. you. <laughs> Wish I had one of those like those New Year's uh, New Year's like crackers that you spin around like the little wooden things. Those. I, I mean, it's very called. exciting. Uh, <laughs> everything's pretty close in your race to forty. And so let me go ahead and uh, do the organize. In first place, we have Linian with twenty six points. In second place, we have Seth Vila with twenty five. In third place, we have Shark Finnegan with twenty four. In fourth place, we have Doctor Shamu with twenty one. In fifth, we've got Whimsicott with 17. In sixth, we've got Sublime with 15. In seventh, Mark with 14. Claude with 11. Our Sigma in ninth with six. Uh, tied with Jushiro. And in eleventh, we got Basket with five. Yay. Tune in next time to uh, see the next exciting development in uh, Puckle's Pokey Quiz to see who's going to take home the crown to the first to 40. Until then, we're going to take it on over to the topic. We have another review this week from itunes from boy jeff amazing five stars i just started listening this year but i've loved it ever since well thank you for that and if you would like to review us wherever you listen to the podcast we would really appreciate it it would help us out on top of that you might be able to be right on the show well until then we're going to kick it on over guys to the topic Welcome to the topic. Our topic today is going to be Arlington Regionals. We're going to recap that all three of us and Seth Bilo uh, all went to Arlington Regionals a couple weeks ago now. Uh, that was the weekend before Christmas. It kind of is. Which is a horrible time to have a regional, by the way. A little rough of a time a week right before. Just the, the flights and all that yeah. were not great. Yeah, it was just a terrible time, I think. I did not enjoy that it was the weekend before Christmas because the entire time I'm like, man, I could be home like doing Christmas stuff. But at the same time, we did have a lot of fun. We had a really good time. Myself, Shamu, and Seth all played in the TCG. I know that Shark also played in the Pokemon Go event. There wasn't a VGC event at this. There was a side event that we were talking about before the show a little bit that I guess we can touch on 
briefly uh, in terms of just mentioning it. It was interesting to say the least. So I'll just start and then I'll let you guys go. I did horribly. I played one three three. I think is what I went at the end. Uh, so one win, three losses, three ties. I, two of those losses were very early on, and then I recovered. But a lot of it was one. It was my first time at a bigger tournament like this, so I definitely had jitters. Game one, uh, combined with the fact that my opponent was slow playing like crazy, not maliciously. I should add. I, I do want to. I do want to make that clear. I, I don't believe they were maliciously slow playing. But they were playing Reggie's, and they'd obviously not played a lot of Pokemon TCG, so they never knew what they wanted to promote. Reggie's is so hard to, like, not a learner deck. Played that at the NAIC with, like, little experience, and I just got scarred, like, the first, like, side event I did with, and I'm like, I'm not touching this deck ever again, because it was, like, a, it was a, it was a mirror match that was a slog, you know? And, like, you if you have, like, one thing go wrong, your turns take forever to figure out and plan ahead, and it's, it's, not, a, it's not a beginner deck, unfortunately. It looks like it is, but it's not. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, because I made a couple misplays because I wasn't thinking, my head wasn't in the game, uh, you know, the jitters, like, you have to, like, shake the rust off and get into the game mode when you're playing the game. I didn't win game one, and we didn't even finish game two, which I was about to win, so it would have gone to tie, but because he was taking so long to make his turns, we unfortunately didn't finish, and if you don't finish a game two, it's whoever wins game one wins the round. And so unfortunately I went to a loss. And once you get, once you get like a loss or two losses, you kind of get thrown into like this really garbage cycle. If you get like two losses early on, you get thrown into the jank tank. Yeah, exactly. And that's what ended up happening. Which you're fighting against, you could fight against anything. It could be meta, it could be yeah. jank, it could be Jolteon, it could be this, it could be that, it could be- I did fight Jolteon. Could, you did. That's why I kind of said it. You could fight Inteleon Hithu and Decidueye and get tilted. I fought a lot of weird stuff because I ended up losing again round two- and that was in a Lugia mirror. I won't even say that was entirely my fault. That was just a lot of really, really bad draws. Game one, I lost really bad because my opening hand was all of my Lugia V-Stars and all of my Archaeops. I, like, it was a crazy hand. And then my top deck, I led one Lugia V, and my top deck was the Professor's Research. So my only out was to discard all of my V-Stars, which wouldn't let me play the game then. Very unfortunate in terms of what happened there. So that was bad. And then game two... I tried to get a little greedy and get a second Archaeops, and if I would have go- just gone for one a little bit earlier, I probably would have won the game. So I ended up losing that round. And then, like Shamu said, I got thrown in the Jink Tank. So my next round was against, like, a Zero Aura deck. And once you get to two losses, people just, like, really stop caring. They just, like, play slow, and then you just go to a lot of ties, which is what ended up happening. A lot. Of, I, I think the biggest thing I came away with this tournament experience was that I needed to be better about trying to get my opponents to play the game faster. I was really scared to like socially be like, hey, could you speed up the game? You know, <laughs> could you play so we could finish? The only one game I won was uh, was against Jolteon, actually, because I played Jolteon, surprisingly. When I played the Jolteon, they were scooping like when we needed the scoop and stuff like that. Other people I'd play would just try to play it out to the end every single time. Yeah. I wouldn't scoop even when death was imminent. There's some people who are just there just to play to play and not play to win type of thing. And that's exactly different mentality, you know? Exactly. It was unfortunate. I would say out of the three ties I had, I know for a fact that two of them I was about to win, and then time was called, and then I was like one turn away from grabbing the final prize or the final two prizes. Kind of sucked because like I was like, oh, I would have had two more wins there if I would have just told asked my opponent to like speed the game up, you know, speed up their play. That was kind of unfortunate. The three losses, the first two were pretty bad, and then the third one happened because I was just drawing like crap, and it was the last game. That before I dropped because I was like, I was just getting tired and I didn't care. <laughs> it happens, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I feel you. I didn't care. And so I was just like, 
that's fine. We'll just uh, we'll just take it. But for a first time playing TCG, it was a lot different than playing like the video game. So I, I did uh, I did come away with some experiences, and I I understand how to do better now. I kind of hope locals come back in the next couple months so that I can do some more practice like that in a tournament setting outside of you know you go to league and you can play, but they're always best of ones, and best of threes are definitely a lot different. Best of threes are different. Just mainly because the fact that you go, you you figure out what they're playing, and then you play around that, and that's what it's meant exactly. to be. Best of one is just like you have to prepare for anything and everything. Yep. Yeah, you don't have sideboarding like you do at like other other training card games will have. Yeah, so you know what you can you know what you can dump and stuff like that when you're ultra balling or something like that. Exactly. And it comes down to like some decks you have to go. Okay, I can play around this if this is what happens. But certain decks you need to include the text for. And best of threes are where you can actually do that because you get the game two and three to play around them if if able you also did tcg shamu and i you did better than i did you did better than i did i did you played a fun deck played a fun and mean deck and uh going around with people playing around it people couldn't really i played galarian weaving eternatus i played a very unfun deck tldr i poison you and you can't use your abilities yep but i think i don't know what i went i don't know if i said i went three three one Seth did three three two because he went for he won another round. He won to get championship points. Mm-hmm. And then he tied, and it's like, okay, at that point, I can't get him. You gotta get to, like, top 256 or so. Yeah, because I think yes. you'd have to win the next two rounds. And he was just, like, on that cusp range. You can get there with yeah. three losses, but once you kind of get to, like, that second tie or that fourth loss, then you're kind of out of getting championship. Yeah. I think you can get championship points if you go, like, 5-3-1. one mm-hmm. Which is what he needed, and unfortunately didn't get there. Yeah. I didn't do bad. Like, my first round was fine. It was like, oh, I can do this. And then I got a tie against Durant. If there was an extra turn, I could have probably gotten it. Because it was a point where I had three prizes, and we got time called. So I only get, like, two attacks in. Because mm-hmm. I was powered up and stuff. It is what it is. I don't know if he slow played or not. It felt for a second, but I don't know. Because my deck isn't a fast deck. Or, well, yeah, it's not that's a, true. Not a... Like, I, my, my thing is, like, time for me didn't really come up often. I get my stuff set up, and I'm, I'm kind of just almost draw passing and maybe playing a couple cards per turn. I'm not, I'm yes. not going turbo like Lugia, playing this, searching for that, drawing this, draw, this, this, like, searching for energy, attaching, shuffle, shuffle. I am, like, I'm gonna place this down, I might evolve it, I might do a couple draw things, like a Marnie, or even, like, a, like, a professor, or research, so I might do some drawing, but I'm not, like, searching my deck constantly for stuff. Because I won the first one, I thought I tied with the Durant, and then I lost to a Lugia because I just partial because I messed up during midturn action. I took I was supposed to take prizes during a midturn. I forgot to take them, and mm. then next turn I I researched, and then it was caught afterwards at a point, and it's like, well, one of the things I needed was in the prizes. It wasn't like a it was just an energy. I'm like that would have actually changed the game up a bit because having one extra energy attached. Because that's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, it is what it is. And then I got tilted when I fought a deck that was a complete counter to mine that was not even on the radar at all. <laughs> Being sh- uh, Quick Shooting Inteleon with Hisuian Decidueye, it was a zero energy deck, and its was whole gimmick is to put some damage counters on, and then Decidueye multiplies that. So, like, if I have four damage counters on my Pokemon, it does 30 times four for 120. Mm-hmm. I'm a dark deck. That Hisuian Decidueye just one-shots everything, including my, like, Eternatus. Ouch. Fun. I think the situation, it's not, I, I think it also tilted Seth a little bit. There's one of the matches, or am I, may I misremembered? But I know that card is just like popping out of surprise. He got up, he got tilted because he was getting just bad hands. He was just like, I think yeah, like two I, of the hands, I know that he, life. he, all he had was a cram. Cause he played Lost Box. 
He played mm-hmm. a just a generic like a Lost Box variant. I think his main tech was the two the two Snorlaxes instead. Um or Radiant Charizard two Snorlaxes. But yeah, he got like bad hands and made a miss player too. Like search for a save line, not and then or no did he search for a save line? Oh I think he oh he searched for he meant to search for a confay, but he just saw the pink border or the oh, purple border and thought no. it was the confay, but it was a save line. And he put it down. Oh no. After he actually like let go of it, he, he looked for a second and it's like, uh oh. Yeah. And that was one of his That definitely happens. So, so Shamu, was there anything that you took away, like, as a big overarching thing? Because this was, like, your first regional, right? First regional I participated in, yeah, and I, yeah. I don't too much on the match report. Um, <laughs> honestly, it just felt kind of just like NAIC. I don't, like, I didn't really, it, it didn't feel any different to me than just, like, it was a bit more of a competitive nature, I guess, because, like, you have to, people will try to shark and try to, like, mm-hmm. but a lot of people were nice, at least. I only had one, uh one kind of issue player but at the same time i understand why i would definitely say that most of the people i played against were very kind which was kind of a juxtaposition to when i played the vgc a few years ago it was much different it depends on who you face too it's a very rng thing because again like oh yes absolutely once you again you lose a couple games you're at the point where people aren't they're just playing to play and those Mm -hmm. are the people that are more fun they're not the people who are trying to win and trying to like do well I had the unfortunate circumstance of ending two people's tournament lives because of my ra- my ratio. That's fair. No matter what happened there, they couldn't come back from the game. Mm-hmm. And they were just upset with that. And I, I get it, but it's like, there's not much that judges could do. I understand. People there are still there just to have fun. Some people are serious. And I I just think the mm-hmm. video game like circuit is a lot more serious, I think. I don't know if serious is the right word. They take themselves more seriously. Yeah. I mean, they're also way more TCG players. Yeah, they're generally, yeah. 1,200 and Masters, something like that. Yeah, there were 1,200 and Masters. When I played the video game, there were only, there was just under 200. Even then, like, the TCG counterpart had, like, 1,000. So just, like, to give rough numbers on how many people actually show up to these types of things. But it was definitely a lot different in those terms. It was, it was much nicer. There was no video game at this event, so it's really hard to say. There was a side event for video game, but that was the, there was no actual main. It didn't see that much participation. It was like 18 or something, right? Like, it was stupid low. Yeah. I will say we are getting, uh, the video game should be at every regional from now on, I believe. No, no. San Diego has, like, a record number of video game players, too, this year. That would be interesting. I might actually watch that. I don't usually watch the video game streams, but I might watch them just to see. I would love to see just with how chaotic this meta is right now. Yeah. I think San Diego won stream, I think that one's on the 7th. Something like that. I think that's next weekend, yeah. All right. Well, Shark, how about you let us know? Because you played Pokemon Go, which is like completely new in this circuit. I would love to know how it goes because this seems like, honestly, the most approachable for anybody to get into because you just need Pokemon Go and most Pokemon fans play that. Yeah, exactly. At least you've been playing, hopefully, like the people who've been playing it on and off for what, since its launch, should have Pokemon capable be usable because that's basically what it is like, oh, let me see what I can make work. You just kind of... so. How it works is that it uses the Great League, which is the CP cap is at 1500. So mostly you're de- you're not dealing with like the big threats that you see in most video games. Like the big things in this format are Pokemon like Medicham or Registeel or Noctowl. So very like I love that the number the Pokemon that are good in the in Go by the way are typically Pokemon that aren't good anywhere else. It is fun. So basically, you just kind of get a team as close to that mark as possible, and you can probably just run it with that, which is what I did. My team was a Lantern, a Noctowl, a Registeel, 
a shiny uh, Altaria, a Galarian Stunfisk, and then a Medichain. That's what I ran. Which kind of has like a good kind of balanced in terms of typings and kind Mm -hmm. of just decent coverage on everything. Basically, what it's how it's structured is a lot different. TCG and video game are Swiss. This is a double elimination bracket. There was 128 signups, even though there was only like 106, I think was the actual number that participated. They, you have to, yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. That's actually pretty big. What you do is everyone reports in at the morning and they basically split you into four pods uh, or pools of 32 people. Uh, two of them will play concurrently and the other two will play like in the afternoon. So it was literally like you, there was, I felt bad for people in the C and D pools that they like had to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning, show up and be like, Oh, we're not playing till the afternoon. All right. Bye. Yep. That's exactly what happened to Golbat Man. I know that's what Golbat Man had happened to him. That did happen. Yep. That did happen to him. To be fair, he was super chill about it, and they had the side event where you just did a bunch of Pokemon Go stuff, and that was his jam, so. Yeah, I mean, he would, yeah, you know, I think at least some of that kind of killed time, and at least I got to kind of go and do it first to kind of, like, let him know, kind of prep him a little bit to what to expect in terms of how to do it, because how it go, uh, so. Yeah. How it goes is that there were 16, basically, battles that could happen simultaneously. Uh, you have to use their phones they have their own androids that and that way there's no advantages no cheating in terms of hacking your phone or whatever you're literally having to go on that phone you log in to your go account uh you hit screen record so that way if there is any issues the judges can review the, the footage and you you either do the scan qr code to battle or you make new friends which is what some people did and then battle them that way so it's uh, best two out of three. Uh, it is open team sheet in terms of you know what the other Pokemon bring. But since Pokemon Go, you don't lock in a team of six. You just literally just pick three and go. So that's just kind of what ends up happening is you just bring... You know what mm-hmm. six they can choose from. And if they bring something that's not right, you can just call them out on it. But that was never an issue for me. But yeah, you just kind of bring three. And then double elimination. Once you kind of... Once the pool, so how it ended up going, pool A did their first round, pool B did their first round, and then kind of as tables became available, you just kind of go into like the winner's round pool A, loser's round A, and just kind of, just as it kind of filled up. Just whenever the open table, and it, like, it takes a, it was slow getting started, but once it starts going, it just like, you can have battles back to back to back, because it's like, Okay, I finished. Oh, my opponent was waiting for me? Okay. You know, kind of that feeling. Or it's like, oh, you kept winning? Okay, all right, keep going, yeah, yeah. keep going, keep winning, keep going, kind of thing. So, yeah, where you're like literally 50 minutes, go to tie, then like say, oh, hey, I tied, and then go back and play again. That way, it's like, oh, you... no, is this one like, I was literally, yeah, right. I had, uh, so my first round, I f- like think check-in was like 8.30. I finally played around 9.30. I had my first match where I I just had a bad lead matchup on that match every time. And I just end up kind of end up losing two one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just did not. Ha- I never had a good like lead matchup because at that point, just I just don't have that advantage anymore with it being just the kind of best of three or three Pokemon type thing. So um, so then I basically had to wait a while yeah. before I could get my table. You just have to you have to check the challenge. It's through challenge bracket so you just kind of have to monitor that whenever your your table was assigned yeah i've heard uh 
I've heard enough issues with certain things like challenge and stuff, so I'm a little little wary on that, that they don't have another... I'm surprised that they use that for the official tournament. That's because they've developed their own software for, for like TCG and VGC, where they go ahead and they input the names and then they like get the bracket set up and everything. I'm surprised they haven't come up with their own alternative and they're using, you know, third-party software, essentially. It works out okay. But then, yeah, my second match, I had a no-show of a... Oh, first match I lost, so then I'm in losers for the rest of the tournament. Uh, my second opponent was a no-show, so free win, we take those. Yeah. Uh, I did wait there for a bit. I do have to, like... You have to basically call a judge if there was a no-show and just, like, to officially time the 10 minutes of... Are are they actually a no-show or whatnot? But they no-showed yeah. twice, so free win for me. And then I finally got to play my first, like, actual second match, like, 11 mm-hmm. o'clock. <laughs> but then from there, I basically played non-stop, so... Which was nice. Uh, <laughs> the second match was fun. Uh, I did end up winning that one. My Noctowl and my, uh, was able to be a good kind of defensive check. And then my Registeel was able to hit pretty hard. Cause it just basically has like a zero, like just a, just a light little lock on to just build up your charge gauge to either fire zap cannon or focus blast. So end up doing that. My opponent had a Lowland Sandslash, which was off meta, which was, I thought that was fun. I was like, oh, cool. That's something fun and different. Yeah, you can definitely have a few off things like that. And then my third opponent uh, was someone who was on stream earlier that day. And I'm like, oh, fun. Well, to be fair, that's like a one in 50 chance, right? So <laughs> when you do, yeah, when you've got 100 people, you're more likely to fight against one of the good players. Someone that's like, oh, that means they're probably pretty good. And I, I have them on, as a friend on go and they were they were level 50. And I'm like, hmm. Okay. And he had Shadow Machamp, which was, I'm just like, oh god. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it could do, but I don't like the idea of it. (laughs) I I know the fear of Machamp. Honestly, Machamp scared me the entire weekend. Yeah. So, to summarize, what would you, how would you rate the experience, I guess, Shark? Honestly, I had a lot of fun. It was just, like, fun. There was a lot of camaraderie with just, just... Because, I mean, you're waiting a while, so you guys kind of meet people and whatnot. I ended up meeting a listener. Oh, yeah, that was Ray, right? Ray? Yeah, he was a nice guy. He was, he was like, the most excitable person I've ever met. Oh, yeah. No, he was, like, it was just, like, funny. It just, like, he just casually mentioning I was listening. Or, like, I was like, oh, I like your shirt. I listen to the Puckle Podcast, too. And it's like, I was listening to the episode, which was the, the like, battle-focused one. With Shark, and I was like, yeah, I'm Shark Finnegan. And then the moment I said that, he just like, it was, it was the funniest reaction. Oh, I don't think I got to meet him. No, yeah, you missed, you missed him. You missed him. Yeah. Came and he, he talked to Shark for a minute. He came by and said, he said bye. And I was sitting there like getting, I was pulling some bulk Pokemon cards out of my binder to go sell. And, uh, yeah, I remember you just, you're, I'm just like, oh, this is the guy that you were telling me about that made you sign the card. He's like, yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> And he didn't realize who we were. He was like, hey, these are the people that were literally on the podcast you were listening to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Team him that he built himself. Like, he was like, I don't know if I'm going to do well, but I'm going to at least flex all I can. And uh, he had a full shiny team. That's literally, it was just all shinies, including a shiny Dunsparce. Awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so on that note, then, let's uh, kick it on over to a few other things that I wanted to cover. I mean, this is the second regional I've gone to here. Out of like seven actual Pokemon events, uh, because I've gone I've gone to several uh, several NAICs at this point. On top of this regional, and then 
I went to St. Louis a few years ago. This one was honestly the most dreary, only because of the convention center. The convention center makes me feel like I'm working in a warehouse, and I disliked it a lot. Like even when we went to uh, when I was in St. Louis, the convention center felt like more like an event space, and this one just kind of felt like I was an empty factory. But that's that's a very minor point to be really upset about. The NIIC thing, the very the convention centers were very nice in a way. Oh, they're much. It's much different in NAIC, but that's a completely different experience. It is, and I, I'm honestly like, this is kind of what I expected the regional to be. I didn't expect it to be extravagant as NAIC. Oh, absolutely. No, no, it, it was definitely fine. I, it's definitely more competitive oriented, right? Because if you go to these regionals, you're going there to compete. NAIC is an event. You're going there to partake exactly. in this international event. I think it's also somewhat compare. You can compare that to. I, I don't know. Like NAIC, you can go there as a spectator and have a lot of fun. If you come as a spectator to this one, I don't think it's you're going to have as good of a time. There are side events. It's also not run by TPCI directly. It's run through a yeah. third-party company. Uh, this one was run by uh-huh. Day 2 Events, which I thought was, they did a great job. And if you go to any other regionals, they're run by different people. I think it's it's it's, it's based on region, but um, just, they handle most of the stuff on, on the East Coast. I think it's like... It's essentially like anything east of the Mississippi. It's day two events plus a little bit over. Yeah, I think they did. I think they did Salt Lake City. They've done. They're doing Knoxville. That's their next. one. They didn't. They're doing Knoxville. They did Toronto. I don't think they did Salt Lake. They did Peoria, Toronto. They're doing Knoxville. They do did Arlington. I think they're going to do Fort Wayne. I think they also have the Wisconsin one. Like we've talked about them before for NAIC. And then I see you go, you pay five bucks. It's a little bit more expensive because there's overhead, right? It's a company. They're trying to make a little bit of money. And then you go play like a Swiss round with your friends. If you get eight people together, you can play TCG, VGC, go anything you really want. You get just like a coupon or a ticket for playing here. They kind of did that, but you didn't, there wasn't always a participation ticket, which kind of sucked. And it was also not Swiss. It was not Swiss. It was single elimination. So if you got knocked out early, they did Swiss for pack battle, which was the fun way to go, because you just kind of go, yeah. you just go wild. You get a ticket, essentially, for you're pretty much getting a pack, at least. At a point, too, they were giving pity p- pity tickets type type of thing, but they didn't yeah. always do it, and I think they kind of stopped when they realized people were farming. To be fair, we literally farmed pods because we just had the four Yeah, well, we were the only ones doing that, to be fair. Because <laughs> <laughs> for pack battles, you only needed four, yeah. I mean, it was a good time. Yeah, that was the format where you where you just get a pack, you open it, and then mutant evolution. Mutant evolution, which means that yeah, any stage one can evolve from a state from a basic, and any stage one can evolve into a stage two. And then it doesn't matter what color energy you need; it's just all energy's energy, and it, it's just a lot of fun. You build a little ten card deck, and it's very quick, very fun, and you can see things work that would never work any other time. We did try. I know a few of us did a little cheese strat of. Oh, we pulled a V? Okay, nine energy in the V Pokemon. All right, good luck, have fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they're because they're fat. These are one prize games, so you just need to make one knockout, right? But yeah, I think that was like the one thing we wish they did Swiss when they didn't. I agree. And I get why. They wanted the move stuff. They wanted to progress. They didn't want like a team of like eight people taking up a table for like an hour. If you have a group of eight, you have like six people waiting and they because they, you want to play it together. Exactly. And they're just kind of standing there watching. It's just a space of empty time, which is just kind of... It felt a little bad, because we didn't really do much of it. We did, like, one or two of those. We did, like, two, I think, like that, and it just wasn't a lot. I, I didn't care for the, for the single elimination. I didn't think it felt good, and I don't think it... I don't know. It felt bad, because if you're trying to go with friends, which we were, obviously... If you're just trying to go to an event to have fun and, like, maybe take a shot or whatever, go with someone. 
go with a buddy. That way you can go pot up in some side events or something like that, do some pack battles, whatever. Because that, that way you can just essentially have fun with your friends and kind of get rewarded for it. It was all right. I thought the prize wall also was kind of worse than NAIC. They've had some good stuff in the past. Yeah. The cool things were very high up on the prize wall. There were some high-end things, of course. Yeah, you're going to have some expensive stuff. A bunch of the sitting cuties, a bunch of, like, some older playmats, which were affordable. They had the coins, which the day two events have these uh big metal coins that you can get to the side event for that. But you can also get it with the prize tickets. And that's one of the things that you can get, too. So you don't have to, like, pay the $30 to do the coin, get a coin event. If you have the five reward tickets, you can go. And they had, oh, they had the, the coolest thing I think they had as a side of Enterprise, were the Batrio coins for a very cheap price. Yeah, those were cool. I think the best side event is the one that Shark did, though. They rotated it out throughout the weekend, it seemed, like these, like, what ended up being more, like, carnival game-type events, where you can get, you know, different prizes by just actually more actual physical skill and luck versus, like, playing the games themselves. Uh, so the one that I did was uh, basically like a coin toss. You were given basically like the Troze coins that were basically like a poker chip in terms of like their weight and how they felt in your hand. Uh, and you basically had to stand back maybe about five foot away from this like target. Uh, if you get it into like the center of the target just by tossing it in there, you had a chance to win uh, a plush. Um, and basically how you would do that at that point is that you would get to hold a, a, the, uh, the, a sphere plush, which is about maybe the size of a tennis ball, but it's a plush. And you had to toss it into this target. There was a bigger outer circle that if you got it in there, you got to keep that small sphere plush you tossed. But if you managed to get into the small center one, which is basically the size, like barely bigger than the sphere itself, you got to get the freaking gigantic feel. And of course, the one that you sell that sells out two seconds, $450 or whatever. They sell them on like Pokemon Center occasionally. The Marie, the Pikachu, things like that. That's what this feel was just for other people. Yeah, that's the big feel. First try, I, I totally went, like I kept seeing people like overrule this feel. So I was like, I'm going to undershoot it. I just undershot the board. And then I just, like, went and told everyone about it, like, oh, this is cool. This And, like, at the worst case, like, it was $6, and you got basically 100 event tickets in that Troze coin. So, like, it was decent value there. Yeah, at the worst. And if you got a coins into the into the center one, you got extra tickets. So, like, okay, cool. Like, at worst case, it's a one-to-one exchange. It's not the worst thing in the world. Cool. And I was, like, telling everyone, oh, it's cool or whatnot. Second try I do it, I nailed it. If you look on the Facebook page there, you see the Giants feel and there's me winning it with the freaking, with the event, like PR moves, but yeah. The feel was the star. <laughs> that feel was so great to have because it was just, it was a beacon. It was just like, ah, that's where we are. There's this feel. We go to this feel. <laughs> it was very easy in between rounds to find out where to go. I just remember because Shark was explaining how he was playing it, uh, playing the side event before. And then they announced during one of the rounds we were playing that the feel had been won. And I was like, oh, man, somebody ruined Shark's game. Someone got it. Okay. The funniest thing is just being Shark that got it. It turned out just being Shark that ruined his own game. So I'll accept that. But I think that was that was very fun. That literally just ended anything I wanted. Like, I was just going to maybe try to do more side event stuff that Saturday. But, like, once I won that, I was just like, okay. I Like, I first was freaking elated. I was just, like, on adrenaline, so excited. That's a good prize. 
Like, this thing is, like, it's kind of like a beanbag material in there. It's not, like, heavy, but, like, it'll, like, it's heavier than you think. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty rough. And it's just so big, so just, like, it's, it's hard to maneuver around, for sure. So, basically, end up parking. Oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that's a $450 plush. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's, it's, it's one of the really expensive ones, yes. No matter what happened afterwards, I won that weekend. I didn't realize it was that. Wow, you just, you won the lottery there because you won that for like 12 bucks. I did. Shark did the best out of all of us that weekend. That was a side event that we don't, you don't get it in AIC. So I thought that was pretty cute. A lot of the events do have like one little thing they do differently. NAIC, you kind of get the nicer venue and there might be like a fun side event they do that's kind of different. Like, oh, like NAIC this year had the raid battle, (laughs) which we definitely didn't cheat during. They had them at the regional as well. Just nobody did them. Oh, I didn't see the raid battle as an option. It was an option. Nobody did them. They did fix the rules, so it probably would have prevented the Sableye cheese. They had a building battle, but for a booster box, and I'm like, I would not. Yeah, that was insane. That was insane. I mean, I understand why they did it, because it's mostly competitive players showing up for this, right? And so they're going to buy a booster box anyway. Actually, I think the value you get in terms of the monetary return that you get from side events is much better at TPCI. Because no matter what, you pay $5 and you get a ticket in return. And I would say a ticket is roughly worth about three and a half, four dollars $4. At a TPCI event, you are getting your thing back because you, you put 5 bucks in, you get a ticket, a ticket's a pack. So every side event you play, you get a pack at least. Exactly. It's much better. We can just wrap up here, but I thought it was a fun time. I mean, all, all of these events are always fun. I mean, even if I didn't do that well, I learned a lot in terms of how to do better at another tournament. So I, I do plan on going, I think, to Fort Wayne, which I believe is uh, the weekend. It's the weekend like that Scarlet and Violet, the new set, drops. Yeah, because rotation's after. But it's not legal. Yeah. So I believe it's the last tournament in this format. Yeah, rotation occurs two weeks after the set comes out. So it's, it's like the last one that like Lugia can be played at, but I don't even know if I'll play Lugia. Yeah, the last one your deck can be played at until you have to figure out something new. I don't know if I'll even play Lugia. We'll see. And I know Seth is going to the Florida one. Mm-hmm. I might go to, I'm still, I, I want to go, I gotta see if I can get things to, f- like, work out. I mean, it was just a lot of fun, and it's definitely prepped me for the next one. Let us know if y'all are going, and you can maybe find some other Puckle people there to, like, hang out with, and just, exactly. you know, because that was just fun, hanging out with Tank and Gold Batman for most of that weekend. Meet up, chill, have fun, yeah. It's absolutely why I do these things, it's mostly just to find a r- way to go around and see people. I really like doing it this way. So it's much smaller groups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going here. You want to come and say hi? You can come and say hi. This is going to be it for the topic. This was fun. It was a good time. Uh, I can't wait to do it again. But until then, we're going to kick it on over to Puckle's Poke of the Episode. Let's go ahead and do that. We'll catch you all on the flip-flop. <laughs> Welcome to the Pokemon of the episode. Our Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 286, Breloom, the Mushroom Pokemon. The violet entry reads, The seeds on its tail are made of toxic spores. It knocks out foes with quick, virtually invisible punches. Woot woot. Yeah, Breloom is a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. I'm glad it came back in Scarlet and Violet. Mm-hmm. Just because it, it it's fun. It gets spore. It's got mock punch. It's a false web spore. It helps people catching their shinies, which are very prevalent in this gen. It's great. Oh, I yeah. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I did shiny hunting for the first time yesterday. 
and i didn't realize how easy well so like i tried to like i had like a wingle outbreak and i tried to do it but i didn't see a wingle um but i had made the sandwich and so i'm like uh well i i've got a vaporeon outbreak i'll just go over there next and so like i flew over to the vaporeon outbreak and then i just bump into a shiny azumarill and i was like cool oh that's nice they are just like there yeah like i was like that's nice and then i did the vaporeon outbreak nothing again but (laughs) yeah there's some like there are times too where i've done like i've just done an outbreak for just the hell of it i'm like oh yeah okay i didn't really i was just kind of doing this to clear out the outbreak i didn't expect the shiny but i was like it was one of those like i don't expect it but if i get it i'll take it and it's like you get the you get the luck i'm like oh okay you know yeah 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 and then just other times that i just like was it yesterday i was trying to build my uh just get some supplies some tms so i can be able to get chilling water on one of my Pokemon, and I was like, okay, where's Surskit? All right, let me try to get some Surskit yeah. and Mask Rain. Oh, that's just a shiny Hoppip. Hello there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's then it's also the reverse of like, oh yeah, you're actually hunting, and then you don't get anything for like three days. Yep. <laughs> well, Breloom has a good shiny as well. Uh- <laughs> oh yeah, it's nice red. Yeah, Breloom's just a, a fun Pokemon, and I love that it's back. It, it actually, I don't think it's been in a Dex. It's it's original decks. It's been a while in terms of original decks. I I don't think it. I I think it was in Ruby and Sapphire, but it was never in. Maybe it was in Diamond and Pearl. No, I don't think it made it into the uh to the Diamond and Pearl decks. Actually, I think it was post game. Um, yeah, I'm correct. It did not make it in the Snow decks. It was all post game, and yeah, it was. It's only been in the Hoenn decks and the Paldea decks. <laughs> so I'm happy it's back. I mean, same thing happened with Venonat, which also made it in this game. And I'm sad that we haven't seen Venonat or Venomoth like come into anything yet. I'm waiting. It will be there soon. Oh, yeah. No, there's going to be a team with it. It's good. Oh, oh, in, in VGC. No, in VGC. Oh. Yeah, I'm just waiting for, like, the one... I, somebody made Frostmoth work. Okay? Oh, so, Frostmoth is, like, well, hail, like, snow is good. So... It wasn't even on a snow is. team. It wasn't on a snow team. Oh, okay. I, I remember I saw you fight one that was on a snow team, I think, at one point. Yeah, yeah, no. Point. If it was on a snow team, that's different. But it wasn't... Yeah, this was just, like, Frostmoth on its own. And it did well. It gets Tailwind, it gets, it gets, I think it might get Rage Powder, I don't know if it gets Rage Powder, actually, might be wrong. It gets Quiver Dance, and that's what was on this, this Frost, I'll send you the team later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it very weird, it was very weird. <laughs> but either way, uh, we do have a VGC team with it, because I've been playing around, this isn't my team, I forget who I got it from, it was some, it was on Victory Road. It was well, on Victory so Road. The, the person's team is, uh, Leo Peraza. That's it. That's it. Well, that was the tour. That was the name of the tour. This is oh, the third well, place it's, team it's from the name that is, well, team. Leo's Peraza tour third place team. So I guess yeah. it's Leo. Uh, I forget. It's on. It's on Victory Road. You can yeah. just go get it. Mm-hmm. I've been playing around with it just because I'm trying to get my feet wet and see where the meta is. And instead of taking my team building to it, I wanted to see what other people were doing before I went. Uh, I went and decided to start doing like theory crafting. And right now, I think a really good way that a lot of VGC teams in this meta are being formed is a lot of people are just kind of taking pairs of Pokemon that work well together and kind of just shoving them together. Um, I think a lot of this happens from the Dondozo Tatsugiri strat because they're a pair that need to always be together uh, to yeah, build, fully function. Pairs. Three yeah. pairs of two that will work with each other, essentially. Exactly. And that's kind of in what people have done. And that's kind of what this team is as well. Um, well I think the exception is with the first two we're going to talk about, which is Breloom and Mousehold. I think they're kind of in there as tech to help supplement again with the other four that are definitely paired off into two pairs. Um, so Breloom, very good Pokemon, like we said. 
Um, it does have two very good abilities. One is Poison Heal, which you doesn't see a lot of play because it has Technician, uh, which takes any move that's base 60 or below, and it gives it a power boost of 1.5. Uh, that does work for things like Bullet Seed as well, which is kind of stupid, uh, but it's fun. So we've got a Breloom. It's holding a Focus Sash. It's got Technician. The Terra type is Ghost. Uh, 252 special attack or 252 attack EVs. My apologies. Uh, 252 speed EVs. Uh, Jolly Nature with uh, bullet speed, mock punch, protect, and spore. Um, it is the fastest spore user in the game. And if you play, uh, we have there's a Murkrow on this team that Shamu will talk about here in a little bit. But uh, it gives you prankster tailwind. And if your opponent doesn't play any kind of speed strategies, uh, speed controls at all you can just kind of take it away and just start sporing really fast which is kind of nuts um this is uh the great fun pokemon i i love it um there's also mousehold on here which is a newcomer to pokemon in general um holding a wide lens because you want to be able to hit things and not miss uh it also has technician uh terra type is normal at 252 attack 252 speed jolly nature i love it because it's like an amoongus that's useful <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's got follow me encore and protect for a lot of support but uh for those of you who are unaware mousehold has the move population bomb which is a multi-hit move but can hit up to 10 times and if you're holding the wide lens it's a very strong possibility that you will hit that though the way to word it is like it's not like bullet seed where it yeah. rolls a number it's more like triple axle where it makes an accuracy check it yep. keeps making an accuracy check up to 10 until it misses and that's why you do wide lens, because it makes it a 99% chance. Because it's a 90 accuracy move, so each hit is a 99% chance to hit. Exactly. Uh, and so you can usually you can usually hit stab. Yeah, and, I mean, and if you're, like, really in a spot, you could always tear it normal if you want more damage, but that typically is never required. Um, you're gonna... 10 hits from Population Bomb usually knocks out anything that can be hit by it. There are a lot of ghost types in the meta, which is something I was telling If it doesn't resist it or isn't just very physically defensive, you're probably yep. going to, like, against another, like, Murkrow, you're probably going to get rid of it. Oh, absolutely. It, it, I've used it to take out Murkrow. I've used it to take out Hydreigon. Mm -hmm. um, I've used it to take out uh, a lot of, like, a lot of Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> a, a good number of them. It's, it is very strong. And it's fast. It, yeah, it's got mm -hmm. 108. It's like 118 yeah. or 110 base speed. I can pull it it's up an, here in a second. It's very, it's very, very fast. But yeah, no, it's insanely fast. It's not as offensively, like, damaging, but the fact that it's got the 118 speed is very, or, no, 111, my bad, sorry. It's got, like, 75 mm -hmm. base attack, but 111 speed is just insane. You're outspeeding most things. Yep. Uh, but yeah, there's some more Pokemon that I'll let you guys talk about now. I'll, I'll take, since you talked about the Murkrow, I'll go over that first. So we got a Murkrow with Eviolite with Prankster. It's just generic uh, Murkrow there. Terra-type Ghost. Uh, max HP, 108 defense, 148 special defense with a calm nature. So you just kind of go and just, again, you're you're being a Murkrow, you're doing the Murkrow thing, the being utility. Mm -hmm. uh, with Foul Play, Taunt, Tailwind, and Haze. And it has a zero attack IV, but again, it's just anti-Foul Play. Yeah. yeah, you're there, you're there to Taunt, Tailwind, Haze, Haze to Tatsu, or Haze to Dozo. Taunt whatever other status users are there. Tailwind for your own team, and then foul play whatever else, or to punish it. Haze is nice it, for more than Dondozo. Yeah, I but Dondozo is the main. It does punish. Like it that. does punish that. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's there. Yeah, that's but it's also there. just uh, uh, just be worried about the dark prankster stuff. You can't prankster onto a dark type because still yes. a lot of people make that that make that mistake. 
Yeah, I the, the only thing I don't like about this, uh, the, I would I would probably swap out Taunt for either Icy Wind because Murkrow gets that. It does, yeah. Having speed control would be really nice, especially with the tail might be enough, but again for other Murkrow. Well, especially for the mirror, because the other Murkrow will pl- click Tailwind, and then you can get another turn where you click Icy Wind yeah. and you probably slow something down, which is really nice. Maybe a little trauma from that one where you actually were against the Murkrow v. Murkrow and didn't have answers. Oh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, that's also true. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't very upset about that match, but it was, uh, I, I would have liked to have something else. Yeah. Another, another move you could throw there as well is Quash. Quash is cute. Because you just, uh, priority make someone go last. So yeah. you can just mess yeah. with their speed and just like, cool, that thing's gonna be really fast and I want to get rid of it. Let me just like quash it and then population bomb it and get rid of it. Yeah, exactly. Or some, whatever exactly. other attack. Just make it act last. Yep. I, I really like the idea of doing that. With uh, the Murkrow over Taunt. I kind of like that a bit better than Taunt. Because most things that want you want to Taunt are kind of scared of you prankster hazing anyway. Yeah. So they won't do it. Um, the only exception would be something with uh, with Trick Room. But to be fair, most of the trouble I have with Trick Room comes from like the Armor Rouge and DD thing that we talked about way earlier today. Mm-hmm. Where that's uh, – you never know which one's going to do it anyway. And you're in you're in psychic terrain, so it doesn't even matter. It's not like you can prankster Taunt. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, – it, that's uh i think the taunt can probably be swapped out it's pretty utility but moving on let's talk to you about we also have got the other uh the other guy that's everywhere in every meta it's golden go and you got a life warp here good. good as gold this ability which is just it's immune to status of status moves I mean, status moves that target mm-hmm. it i think it's not immune to haze but it's immune to like if you were to taunt it it would not work yes exactly it's all the if it's something nice. affects the field it works but if it's, it's something that's targeting like golden go it would not work um, mm-hmm. Terrorite Flying, just to dodge the earthquakes that, and the ground coverage that everyone's using. And we've got, for Eevees, 188 HP, 4 defense, 252 special attack, 4 special defense, and 60 speed with a modest nature, 0, t- zero attack IV. Um, and we've got Make It Rain, Shadow Ball, Nasty Plot, and Protect. So you're just kind of doing a Nasty Plot setup and just big damage. But one thing to keep in mind, if you didn't know, Make It Rain is essentially Leaf Storm that hits both sides. It's Leaf Storm, right? Yep. It's a harsh special def- er. Uh, ish, but it doesn't. Only drops one stage, not two. Oh, oh. So, so it's so it's better Leaf Storm that hits both both opponents. A little less power, but yeah, it's the fact that you can hit both is still pretty strong, especially on this, which has a pretty high sp attack. Yeah, with the base like the base like one thirty three. 133 special attack. 133 yeah. special attack, 120 power move. Yes, steel's not the greatest coverage, but I mean, still going to hit a lot of things pretty well. It'll nuke. Get, get yeah. one nasty plot off, you're nuking two things off the planet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. No, no. You you really are, though. Yeah. It's really it's really bad. If you can get the one nasty plot off, which if you do if you do play your cards right, you can get the Terra type into flying off and then get a free nasty plot after that. Ter- terra flying nasty plot tailwind. You're you're starting to sweep. Yep. Yeah. The sixty speed is to outspeed uh, King Gambit because that's okay. a, yep. that's a pretty big threat a counter to Goldengo. So you definitely need to outspeed that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Goldengo has been a lot of fun for though. It's fun. I, I'm not upset by playing with it. It's just, uh, I know it's very frustrating because it's semi-centralizing. Mm-hmm. But all right, there are two more Pokemon, and they are surprisingly not new. Nope. These are, if you're not going to Terra your Goldingo, these are the two you would more likely Terra first. 
You start off with yes. uh, Garchomp reigning supreme again, holding clear amulet, which will make it immune to all those intimidates. Uh, ability is rough skin because you know what? You got to stop that mouse somehow. It does kill the mouse. It does kill the mouse, though. Uh, 188 HP, 156 attack, 4 defense, 20 spadef, 140 speed, Adam nature. The speed lets it outspeed Jolly Baxcalibur, which is still, like, it's not as popular of a dragon in this format, but it's still there, and uh, you do not want to get uh, Ice Skull Speared to death, so you need to outspeed that at least. Um, its attacks are Earthquake, Dragon Claw, Sword Stance, and Protect. So, oh, and Terra Ground, so yeah, you... You tear this if you want to just start nuking with earthquakes next to your your terra flying Goldingo or your Murkrow. Well, you can't terra flying and terra ground. True, but you could. Yeah, if you don't terra, but this. Murkrow, Murkrow, and and Hydreigon are there. So. Yeah, Hydreigon is the other Pokemon dragon Pokemon on this team with choice specs, uh, levitate's ability. Uh, its terror type is poison, so that way it's another defensive one, so that way it doesn't die to draining kiss or whatever fares. Fairy and gleam. I mean, fairy and fighting. Yeah. Thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I like this better. A lot of people have been running steel on Hydreigon, which I totally get because it's mostly for the fairy coverage. Yeah. But I do, I have been liking the poison a little bit more. As a defensive one, yeah, for sure. I mean, Hydreigon yeah. has a lot of very good terrace. A lot that it could do. Yeah. That's the one thing I've noticed. I was kind of hoping uh, in this meta that we would see Terra types kind of stabilized to which Pokemon really like which one, but we have not seen that at all. Uh, there's a few that are like I would say Garchomp is pretty like yeah that's gonna be ground, but yeah, but others are kind of like Flux. I think Goldingo is in Flux. Hydreigon, I've seen three different big ones. Like I've seen Fire, uh, Fire Steel. I, I haven't seen a lot of Poison. This one's a little bit unique in that regard, but. I still think it's good. Yeah, fire is also, again, a fairy resist. So that's why mm -hmm. that one's as popular. And it has fire natural coverage. So, But this mm -hmm. one, with it being poison, you can really get at those fairies with Terra Blast. Uh, alternatively, you can go Snarl. You can go Dark Pulse. You can go Draco. With its stupid special attack and choice specs, you're nuking something. Or at worst case, just chipping away everything with big old snarls. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, this is a fun team. I think it's like, I wouldn't say it's like Baby's first team, but it's a very easy team to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, not, it's not chalk or anything, but it's a very easy team to get into. So if you're like me and you're trying to get into the VGC meta and see where things are at, this is a good entry point, I think. It's been a lot of fun, so I definitely would recommend it. Where If you're a patron, we'll definitely give out this team as well. So look out for that. But until then, we are going to go ahead and we're going to kick it on over to the mailbag. It's mail time! Send in your emails! Mail! Welcome to the mailbag. This is the part of the show where we read your emails if you send them to us at pucklepodcast at gmail.com. We typically have a prompt. I don't know what it was because I wasn't on the last show and I forgot to check or remember what it was the last episode. So I apologize in advance. This week, I'm more than happy to ask you guys both about how you're faring in the Cinderace raids 
But also, if you're interested in going to a regional or not, or a po- an official Pokemon tournament, I would love to hear from that. Or if you have experiences from past Pokemon tournaments, if you've gone to official or not. We've got a few emails this week, but before we get started, I want to introduce you to this show sponsor. We're, as always, going to give out the Green Tauros badge. Green Tauros is the energy drink that gives you hooves to anybody who does the mailbag thingy and writes a good one. Uh, this is the first one for 2023. I definitely messed up that spiel. I was off for a week, and this is what happens, guys. <laughs> yep uh but all right we are gonna go ahead we're gonna jump in we've got three good emails this week uh this first one is gonna be from i believe drew hey puckle crew long time listener a first time mailbagger have to say i love puckle all the hosts are pokey experts and brighten my week with knowledge and enthusiasm listening to the recent episode on two steps forward one step back i hadn't really come to this realization until post game but i wanted to highlight the way all of the new systems actually complete and complement each other holistically and make a new way to play. For example, picnic to make eggs and a sandwich, then hatching while roving around to raids, and basically creating a very rewarding way to farm money, LP, fresh Pokemon, and items needed to turn the competitive for PvP or raids. While just sort of post-game grinding and exploring is a lot of fun, um, it really hit me when I thought about how in the usual post-game you just fly to a few spots and forsake most of the map. But with the quality of life changes and the way these new systems feed one another, Making new Pokemon, filling the decks, raiding, all becoming part of one fairly but dense, uh, fa- once fairly dense but still casually paced system. It's pretty awesome that so many things all synergize into an experience that rewards continuing to venture around Paldea. Add in breakouts with shiny hunting and picnic resets, and all of these new approaches to decades old concepts have coalesced into a very enjoyable game. I'd also like to shout out the games as a service aspect. We've basically had a month of events since launch, with Eevee, Charizard, and Cinderace getting double weekends. Things like Delibird for Christmas and Tyranitar and Salamence getting a weekend. Having weekend events is a very nice treat. I personally like to grind uh, a Diablo and Monster Hunter player here, so having a casual grind that checks so many boxes has really given me an appreciation for what they were planning at Game Freak. No doubt a few months in polish would have helped, but nonetheless, for a very ambitious revamp, to make this much sense, I have to say I'm optimistic for Pokemon's continued advancement in the future. Would love to hear your thoughts on interconnective loops with these systems. Cheers. I do think that the game has been a lot easier to play post-game. Like, it, you're no longer, like, running around, like, you know, in front of the breeder the entire time. So I, I do really enjoy that. I also like that everything's the wild area, which I think we kind of saw coming with the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra, to be fair. Yeah. There were good test runs, and we were like, we like this. I remember playing it and being like, if this is new Pokemon, I'm here for it, which it is, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you know what? We're here for it. <laughs> We're here for it. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely way better than what Isle of Armor was. Oh, yeah. No, I, I really enjoy uh, Scarlet and Violet. Like, uh, there's just a lot of performance issues. The, I do have small gripes with some of the quality of life. One, I don't. This is like such a minor gripe, I guess, in the term of things, but it's made my it's made playing the game a little bit less enjoyable for me. And that is just how they chose which buttons do what to open the map is why I I can get behind that. I'm okay with it if Legends Arceus hadn't just come out before that and used the minus button to do the same thing. And the minus button opens up the Pokedex now. And so it's very frustrating because like I'll because I'm so used to the to the button mapping from Legends Arceus that I'll hit the minus button to open up the map i I mean i feel like it's a very minor thing to do i also don't like that you have to summon your mount with uh with the plus button either i think they could have chosen a better button for that i didn't have many issues with the button they did have an issue with like pressing b and it's going the crouch and i was like just thinking of like a that's true like like i was expecting something different it's like a a little bit 
but not that well. I, I like the Y being because it's easy to access when you're just going like, okay, fly here, boom, Y, boom, go over there, okay. Like, it's, it's just nice there. I do have a few, like, there are some weird little things that they did that, like, in the long run have been more annoying to me. Like, I'm on my mount. I can't go into a picnic. I have to get off the mount, then go into the picnic again. That is frustrating. I've had that issue a lot trying to do the, like, shiny hunting stuff, and I, like, run around or outbreak or something, and I'm like, I wish I should not. But, yeah, thank you for that email, Drew. Let's move on to our next one. Our next one is going to be from Light Lab. Light Lab. Oh, right. Hi, Pickle Podcast. I've been listening for only a little, for only a bit, but I enjoy the show a lot, particularly the, uh, particularly the trivia section. Okay. On this last episode, I was nearly yelling at Basket and the Fluffiest about, uh, Pokemon, P- the PLA, uh, Trivia question. My two guesses were Geodude and Drifloon. Uh, oh. Uh, about the question. I agree with what most of you mentioned. I don't like the mechanic of my Pokemon not listening because I can never remember what my level cap is. I also wish there was an audio shiny cue, just in case. However, my biggest gripe is that you can't invade random people's houses anymore. I like talking to everyone in previous games, and I feel that being unable to enter any houses and most shops ruins the immersion. I love the culturally accurate food than beautiful cities, and I think Mariah and eating a sandwich is so cute. <laughs> I too hated Arvin at first sight and cried more than once in the story. I would probably enjoy the TM crafting more if I could use more materials to craft unbreakable TMs, like how TM prices went up from one time to infinite use, but I haven't used it yet. That's some of my thoughts on Scarlet and Violet. Oh, and the non-mandatory trainer thing is absolutely the best. Happy New Year, Light Lab 24. I think they have to put in the badge thing, the badge requirement for levels, especially in the open world setting. Like, they need to have a requirement for that. So, like, I went and caught a level of, like, 30-something Satoddle, like, very early on. They, they just need to do it. They need to, It just needs to happen. It's one of those necessary evils. Long term, if they did this, uh, what I would do next time would have been to make it where all the gym badges affect it. And it's just, you know, something like that, where it's like, oh, you've got three gym badges. Now you can use up to level 30. I think they should have included more than just the the badges. Instead of just the official gym badge versus the Titan badge and whatnot. I agree with that. But the way that I think a lot of people are just going to say to fix it is just level scaling. I think it was fine. All right. Well, thank you for that email there, Light Lab. We are, of course, going to move on to our last email today. Our last email is going to be from Zay Paladin. Hello, everyone. Hope you all are doing well and had a great holiday season. I wanted to write in today to highlight a few of the new elements in Scarlet and Violet that I thought that I thoroughly appreciated and briefly mention a few things that could be added in the future. The first thing I wanted to praise is the ease of access for bottle caps and mint. As a player who enjoys team building and competitive battles, this makes training up new Pokemon much less of a grind than before. Being able to use regular currency as well as the LP to purchase these items just feels so nice. The level 50 requirement for bottle caps is also very nice as it takes a lot less EXP candy slash training than to hit level 100. This essentially means that any Pokemon caught in a 5-star raid or above can be bottle capped immediately. My only question with this is, has anyone gotten gold bottle caps yet? The IV trainer has that as an option, but I've yet to encounter any in raids, the market, or as an overworld sparkle slash Pokemon. You've definitely gotten them, Shammy, right? Yeah. You can get them in the 8th tournament. They can spawn in the market. They are stupid expensive in that market. I had it. I had three go up to 800,000. 
if I remember right. Yeah, no, any of, like, the super rare stuff is gonna start in the, like, hundred thousands, and it's gonna stay in the hundred thousands, if not reach the millions. Yeah, I think I wrote, I mentioned that in one of our general chats. I'll have to pull up exactly how much, but I was like, I put that note, I wrote it down, because I was like, this is something to gauge, so that way people know what to prep for, alright, like, do they need to sell their ch- their wives and children basically in this game to be able to buy gold bottle caps or baseball or whatever in that market? Uh, let me see if I can pull up the Cinderace thing real quick too while I'm at it because that's an easy one I can get to. Um, it's not in the raids, not at yes, least not, not at currently, least. not currently. At least. It's something to watch definitely when they do. Be ready to hop in those because yeah, that'll be that'll be something I think people will try to grind. Oh yeah, yeah. But anyways. Another part of SV I wanted to play is the sandwich method of shining a hunting. The main reason I like this is, it, is I appreciate be giving options. So, so I never was fond of the chain encounter method in prior titles. I really like this as a way to have a legit shiny hunt. You look at where the Pokemon you want lives, make a specific sandwich for it, and at minimum encounter the one shiny. It's much less tedious than trying to bead one since you can do this seamlessly. That's how I was able to get three of the best shinies in the game. Uh, Toad's Cruel. That's Last true. Le- I need to get one of those still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, lastly, I want to mention the abundance of berries, since that seemed to be available in the game. All of the berries, in particular the friendship berries, seem to be much more widely available than before. Not sure if this is due to lack of certain elements, like EV resetting character in Isle of Armor, or a design idea to reduce scarcity. The only quality of life element I have, or I hope could be improved in the future, is that there is either a way to purchase ability patches in the shop, or that ability capsules can be turned into a hidden ability, or uh, can turn a hidden ability one into a regular one. I would honestly prefer the latter, as it's a fairly o- o- common occurrence where I want a, the basic ability of a Pokemon, but can't change it since they have their hidden ability from a terror raid. Why this is a thing is beyond me, but honestly, if that's my biggest complaint, I'll take it. That's all I got for now. Take it. I think that's something you will probably see in the DLC. These things that are like currently grinds and really pains to get, they're going to fix this in the DLC. That's what they did with Sword and Shield each mm-hmm. time. They went like, okay, here's Isle of Armor, here's some tutors, and here's some other stuff, and here's like, cool, have fun, here's like the digging pod, and there's a bunch of other stuff, cool, have fun. And then Isle of Armor, and then uh, Tundra's like, cool, here, here's ability patches, here's this and this and that. And then we see in, uh, also now in like, Scarlet and Violet, like, yeah, those bottle caps and those ability pa- and those, uh, not ability patches, but um. Ability capsules. Mints that were like really pains to get. Yeah, it's a twenty k. Yeah, it's, it's cheap. Yeah, yeah, you have them, have them. Yeah, exactly. I hope that that makes it easy. And I do like. I would like to be able to change the hidden abilities to regular ones one day. Whenever they figure out how they want to they implement did. that, they, that's ability patches. But yeah, they do the reverse. I don't think they do the reverse. It goes both ways now. Yep, they go both ways. I turned my speed boost to Spalthro into opportunist just yesterday. Huh. huh. I need to double check that myself because yeah, I legit. But yeah, no, ability patches work both ways now. That's nice. Well then, Z, hey, your complaint is fixed. Congrats. I assumed it would do that at some point anyway, because I'm pretty sure, and we'll probably, we'll, we'll get a confirmation when home compatibility comes, but I think they're going to get rid of, like, they're going to force a move set re, like reset. Yeah. When you come to Scarlet and Violet, unlike in Sword and Shield. Which I think is the proper way to do it, because that was the whole issue with the ability patch to begin with. The reason they didn't do it is because of Machamp, like stuff like Machamp. Yeah, because with no guard fissure is a thing. Yeah, they didn't want no guard fissure to become a thing because that would just go into VGC and become stupid rampant. You just run follow me and like Machamp and then you're good. 
you know, follow me or wide guard. You just kind of pick and choose whatever is what whatever's on the other side. Just take a guess and hope for the best. Exactly, and that's what they. That's exactly what they would do with wide guard or with a uh, fissure no guard machamp. So it, it, they'll probably fix it. I mean, machamp's not even in scarlet and violet, but they should still fix it. All right. Well, that was a good email. Anybody have any cho- uh, choices on who gets the first green Taurus badge of twenty twenty three? I really. Anyone? I don't have any like. Yeah, we'll go with Zay Paladin. I like Zay Paladin's email today. Sure. All right. <laughs> I thought it was very good. That works. Uh, so Zay Paladin, you get the green Tauros badge. And if you uh-huh. want it next week, uh, if you missed it, just send in another email. Let us know uh, one of the three things I said at the beginning, or just send us an email and say hi. I really like hearing from you guys at pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Of course, if you want to keep up with Puckle, best way to do so is to go to our Discord at Discord or PuckleDiscord.com. You can, of course, find the link in the show notes and everywhere else Puckle is sold. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then, of course, you can go ahead and follow us over at Twitch and YouTube at YouTube.com slash PucklePodcast and Twitch.tv slash ThePucklePodcast, where we hang out and we play Pokemon. Though I think we're probably going to end up just moving to YouTube eventually. <laughs> probably in, like, the next month for sure. We, of course, also have uh, our Patreon at patreon.com slash pucklepodcast, where you can get uh, shiny Pokemon exclusive Game Corner podcast over there. Uh, if you liked our trivia segment, make sure you go over and listen to Game Corner. You can, of course, also shiny Pokemon, like I just said. And yeah, we, we appreciate the support. You don't have to do it. The show is always going to be free for you guys otherwise. But I have been Trainer Thatch. I've been Shamu. And I've been Shark Finnegan. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time. Yeah.